0: Hey, Mason. I really need a good gift for my generic loved one. Any ideas? Oh, yeah, Andrew. I have the gift they need. If you sign up
1: for GoDaddy's Economy Blogcast Package, you'll receive 1 gig of disk space, 100 gigs of bandwidth, recording tools, and much more.
0: Whoa! With all those features, I'd guess that kind of package will run me at least $20 a month and be plastered with ads. You're wrong, Andrew. The Blogcast Economy Package is just $449 a month. For 12 months. That's a deal and a perfect way to get your own website, blog, or podcast started.
2: Oh, yeah, that is a deal. Plus, enter code Muggle when you check out save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet at
0: GoDaddy.com. Because I'm a potty mouth! Get ready for some bleepage. This is Cast episode 134 for March 1st, 2008. Everyone, welcome back to the program. Um, I just want to start the show off this week with a few emails I got about uh, last week's show. So uh, let me kick it off here. Jen from New Jersey, I just wanted to tell you that you accidentally dropped the f bomb in episode 133 at 59 minutes 31 seconds. Just wanted to tell you so you can edit it out or whatever. I'm a clone from Nashville at 59:30 of episode 133. You dropped the f bomb. Not very family friendly, as you mentioned earlier in the episode. Jessica B., 17, of Cobble New York. You said a very bad word during Minute 59, and you missed it again. Whoops, slipping up in your old age. Nick B., 13, of Boston. I can't believe you dropped an F-bomb on the show and didn't cut it out. Can you believe this was my mom's first show? Just kidding, but I thought I might put it out to you. Ha ha ha. Emily, 18, of Lynchburg College, Virginia. Just FYI, Andrew, you dropped an F-bomb that made it through editing at 5931 on episode 133. Just thought you should know. Not really concerned, but thought you might be. From Matt, hey, Andrew, you accidentally forgot to edit yourself out, saying get it at around 50, 60 minutes into the show. It is not... Really noticeable, but I thought I would let you know. Helene, you totally said on air. 59 minutes, 31 seconds. Oopsies. I know! I said the F word! Sorry! Ugh! What's the... Wait. Now you know how
3: I feel when you forget to edit me.
2: (sighs) Which... Okay, what's what's the... What's the word? The F... Is it fecal matter? (laughs) Is it... Is it frustrated? Yes.
0: Man, whatever you say. Oh, wait, it's
2: You said (laughs) on the show, Andrew. You're not supposed to say on the show.
3: I can't believe you said that. You (laughs) are on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, seriously, seriously, (laughs) shut the (laughs) up. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah, it's really great when you produce like a quality show, and then the only emails you get are about one slip up.
0: Seriously, it was ninety nine percent. Fifty nine minutes, thirty seconds. You said that bomb. No, thanks, everyone, seriously, for emailing it in. I do appreciate it, though. <laughs> I'm Anderson.
3: <laughs> I'm Lauren Thompson.
2: I am the walrus. cuckoo ca cuckoo ca Matt Britton.
1: <laughs> and I'm Elisa Longford.
0: I'm standing by in the Mugglecast News Center with the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Hey Micah. Thanks, Andrew. To the discouragement of many, J.K. Rowling updated her official site earlier this week with a new entry to the rumors portion of her site. She lets everyone know that all of the J.K. Rowling profiles on popular social networking sites are fake. To quote, I like to imagine them partying with my imaginary friends in some bright and shiny alternative universe. And as most of you know, J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers are currently in a legal battle with RDR Books concerning a pilot encyclopedia by the Harry Potter lexicon. J.K.R. and WB are fighting the publication of the book, and just the other day, Joe submitted her declaration. In it, she makes several statements about the fandom as a whole. As the AP reports, Rowling said she was especially irked that the site's owner and the lexicon's would-be publisher, RDR Books, continue to insist that her acceptance of free, fan-based websites justified the efforts to quote jk rowling i am deeply troubled by the portrayal of my efforts to protect and preserve the copyrights i have been granted in the harry potter books apple's itunes music store recently added movies to its lineup of offerings and this week they added order of the phoenix to their directory you are now able to rent it for 30 days for $3.99 once you start playing the movie you have 24 hours to finish it sorcerer's stone through goblet of fire are also expected to be added to the store in the coming months and finally, this week, happy birthday to Ron Weasley. JK Rowling updated her site with the news. On a final note, Andrew Sims is awesome. That does it for this March 1st, 2008 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, thank you, Micah. So it was another slow news week. My roller coaster theory continues, as I tell everyone. Um, I think really the only thing worth pointing out this week is that Lois Lowry updated her blog to apologize about her little slip-up. And uh, th- this is really funny because she felt, and I, I felt felt bad reading this, and I knew she was going to feel bad Like as soon as she made that post. <laughs> she made an apology. She was flabbergasted at how the one little blurb on her site spread across the internet, and then she also wrote to the film producer, and she says, quote, who was extremely gracious, more than I deserved, in her reply. What do you guys think? Is it amazing how like she feels so like guilty now? I feel bad for her. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah.
3: I guess you look. I mean, and The Giver is a great book. I mean, wonderful, but the circulation of The Giver is nowhere near the level of Harry Potter. So I guess she wasn't expecting that her blog was going to be as widely read. Yeah, as it ended up being.
0: Right. All you need is one Harry Potter fan to be following that blog, and you're done for. <laughs> it's
3: like the domino effect. Seriously.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, that that was interesting. But that's really the only thing that happened this week, and um, we're, we're just still waiting for this announcement from Warner Brothers to be like, okay, uh, movie split in two, and David Yates is the director. I mean, it's out now, you know. Yeah. So yeah. just tell us already before more people leak it. <laughs> And uh, like we have been saying, once that announcement is made, we will be doing a live show to talk about the developments that Warner Brothers announces. Of course, we've already sort of talked about them, but we'll hold off on any more discussion until uh, our live show, which we're we're really excited to do because we haven't done one in a while. It'll also be Matt's first, and Elisa, if you're if you're around, you can be on. first live show, interact with the fans. Sweet, the it's gonna be lovers. my first your first time (laughs) your first time speaking of news last week we started a contest with micah to find a couple people to read the news for a week and um we have the top five entries micah has picked out the top five entries and we're going to play them for you right now and then you will be able to vote in a poll so let's take a listen to those five entries right now
2: this is ash jackson reporting on this week's top harry potter news J.K. Rowling updated her website to wish Ron Weasley a happy March 1st birthday. She also made a new post to her rumors section to dispel the notion that any of the J.K. Rowling profiles on social networking websites such as MySpace or Facebook is actually her. In sporting news, the All-Girls Rosary High School in Fullerton, California now has a three-team Quidditch League. Their teams, the Basilisks, Phoenixes, and They Who Must Not Be Named, have already met on the pitch though there's no word on whether they plan to go toe-to-toe with their East Coast Quidditch counterparts. Back to you in the studio.
3: This week's episode of the Harry Potter podcast welcomes a new host, MuggleNet fanfiction's Fiction's Alyssa Montfort, who is also celebrating her 21st birthday. It's a six-person panel and discusses the latest Deathly Hallows film developments, continues to analyze the Deathly Hallows book, and much more. Elissa Monfort is in good company this week, as Weasley twins James and Oliver Phelps celebrated their 22nd birthday this past Monday, as well as actor Timothy Spall, who turns 51 today. That's all the news for this February 27, 2008 submission to MuggleCast.
1: Danny Radcliffe has gotten two of the top theater awards at the WatsonStage.com Theater Gover's Choice Awards for his Western debut in ECUS. Radcliffe described playing the role of Krupleleling Strang as one of the greatest experiences of my life. Also, happy birthday to actor Timothy who portrays Peter Pettigrew in Harry Potter films as he celebrates his 51st birthday today. My name is Thomas Leon and this was the Harry Potter News for February 27th. Hello, Mugglecasters. This is Becca Schissler reading your news. J.
3: K. Rowling continues her crusade against caged children. According to a report by The Sun, J. K. Rowling is teaming up with Gordon Brown and his wife Sarah to stop instances of caging children in Romania. Gordon Brown will meet with Calem popescu Teresernu, while Joe Rowling will meet with Sarah Brown in an attempt to better the situation. Joe is very passionate about this cause.
1: All right, thanks, Andrew. Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley in the Potter films, has recently shaved his
3: head. Producer David Heyman comments, Well it certainly was a shock, and although he still looks as hot as the fangirls would say, as ever, we are not sure if we can have a Ron Weasley without red hair. And one final announcement, I'd like to wish Emerson Spartz a very happy 21st birthday. We all love him very much. That's all the news for this February 26, 2008. Back to the show.
0: Okay, so visit com for a poll on the right side of the page, and you'll be able to vote for your favorite entry. I hope everyone took a lot of time considering everyone, giving everyone a fair chance, and uh, vote for your favorite news anchor to replace Micah for a week. And then I think we're going to do two people, one person one week, and then one the next. So that should be fun. Yeah.
2: I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>.
0: <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, Matt, it's a new month. It's it's March now. Do you know what that I means? I know it is. March Madness? Yeah, but for all the Harry Potter fans, what does that mean? Uh, March Madness? I don't know. Um, oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it is a new month, which means vote for us on Podcast Alley. As everyone should know. Uh, Podcast Alley is a big directory of podcasts, and they have a top 10 list. And you guys get us up there in the top 10 by voting once a month. It's simple. You just put in your email address. You press vote. Then you get an email from Podcast Alley. They say verify your vote. You verify it, and you're done. And uh, the That's reason awesome. we like asking you all to vote is because we like to stay high up on that list. So people looking to find out more about podcasts, check out some new ones, or like if a reporter uh, is doing a story on podcasting, they go to that site and... Find out more. Let's see that Marco is one of the top shows.
2: Well, actually, Andrew Sims, um, where are we located on the podcast alley? Where are we ranked on the top ten for February?
0: I don't know, Matt Britton. Do you have the list up? I'm loading it right now. Actu-
2: I actually do. It is actually number
0: four. Ooh, that's pretty good.
2: Under Keith and the Girl and Nobody Likes Onions
0: and Blast the Ooh. Right, which I think is a political. Yeah, it's a political podcast. I guess it Laura and Elisa would like that kick right wing butt yeah that sounds like something
3: yeah i'd be all over yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah.
0: join up everyone
2: to the left to the left everything you own in the box to the left
0: okay okay um <laughs> spring tour we announced this uh, a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago probably a month ago now at this point and we said we were working on it so you guys knew and um turns out pff, not happening We uh, try to get a couple of book chains on board with us, and neither want to do it right now because nothing's really happening in terms of Harry Potter. Um, Are we really not doing it? We're not doing the full five-stop tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. However, we are looking into the possibility of doing just two stops, and we decided on Boston and Baltimore. Now, okay... Keep in mind, nothing's official. We are going to have to push the date back, but we are going to work on these two stops and try to do a little weekend tour sometime in mid to late April. I think at this point that would be our best bet since we want to give people an ample amount of time to plan. So we're asking for anyone in the Boston and Baltimore area. We know you guys want to come. You voted on the poll already. If you have any connections to anyone, like a library or a bookstore that would be willing to host a podcast that would hold 400 to 500 people we're looking at about for each one of these, email me, at staff.mugglenet.com and let me know, and uh, if you hook us up with a good venue, we'll uh, buy you lunch or buy you dinner. Take you, out, take you out to dinner. Dinner with the Mugglecasters. How about a t-shirt? You pay for tip, though. Sure. Yeah, yeah, a t-shirt, too. <laughs> and, um... Lastly, on the announcements today, we just wanted to um, take a moment. Sometimes we like to make public service announcements here on the show. And now we're talking about something else. Right, Laura?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, Mason DeWitt, everybody's favorite GoDaddy guy, has started a Relay for Life team called Team Effort. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you... <laughs> For those of you who aren't aware, um, Relay for Life is run by the American Cancer Association to raise funds for cancer research and cure. And so, anyway, Mason's goal is to raise $5,000 for his team. So, I think we can put that link in the show notes. Yeah. I believe, yeah. We're
0: going to make a post on mugglecast.com with a link to where you can donate.
3: Yeah. that I mean, and honestly, it's such a great cause. And I mean, I completely relate to not having tons and tons of money to throw at charitable causes. I myself put in $10. I'm hoping to put in more as time goes on. I understand the perspective of being a poor college student. But really, the minimum do- donation account is $5. Um, every little bit helps. And cancer is something that affects so many people. Um, I know that it runs rampant in my family. And there are several other people I know who have been personally affected by it. So yeah, it's definitely something we need to be concerned about.
0: This um, I give Mason a lot of credit for this because he, you know, he's been really, he's really been pushing this with all his friends. He's been getting his friends on Facebook to help spread the word, on blogs to spread the word, and you know, he came to us, and you know, he does a lot of he he puts in his time with the show doing uh, ads for MuggleCast, and we really appreciate that. So we we are more than happy to help him out with this, and um. Great, a really great cause and you know it's 100% safe this is going straight to going straight to the American Cancer Association so you know there's no doubts about where the money's going it's all, it's all legit. Again visit MuggleCast.com for a link and thank you to everyone who donates we all appreciate it a lot. Let's move on to Muggle Mail we have uh,
2: three emails this week um, our first mail comes from Dan age 15 from Michigan uh, Dan writes I'm sorry, but I cannot resist emailing you guys now about the movies. You guys have been bugging me a lot lately on the podcast when you talk about the films. I'm really not trying to be mean, but here it goes. How naive are you? Do you honestly think that the makers of the films care at all about whether fans like the films or not? They honestly don't care about splitting the seventh film into two. Of course, it's about making money. Perhaps a couple people here or there might actually want to do it for the fans, but to get approval from Warner Brothers. It's just to make money, guys. Additionally, does anyone actually like the movies? Well, obviously, you, you guys do. They are really childish. They have stupid jokes and are made terribly, not only from a reader standpoint, but also from the view of someone looking for a good movie. Just putting my two cents... <laughs>
3: I love how that you always from, add your own personality damn. to
2: these emails. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: funny. I I agree with this well, guy. I think he makes I, a good point. Yeah. Well, let me say this. I mean, he he's right. Like the the big wigs at Warner Brothers are ultimately making the decision, and let's face it, what are they in it for? Of course, they're in it for money.
2: Right. But it's kind of it's kind of an extreme to think that it's just all to make money. Because, let's go. I mean, come on, guys, honestly. The people been working on this, this series for 10 years. Do you honestly think they don't put an account about the fans being happy about it?
0: I think I think with the seventh movie, they do care. And I think they care personally because it is the final one. This is their last chance to recreate one of the books. So I think that's why they want to put extra care in it. Because so, once it's done, it's done forever. Chances are there will never be a Harry Potter remake. So, you know, I think they feel... They, they have this project really close to their hearts. Because imagine, like you said, Matt, they've been working on it for 10 years,
2: yeah. and now it's over. They, f-
0: you know, they want to make something special. Well, they know they screwed us in the other films, too. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, do you really feel confident that they would never do a Harry Potter remake? I mean, they did a remake of Narnia.
0: I would say in the next 50 years. 50 years. Wow.
3: Yeah, I mean, it would, it would be a while down the road, but there was originally... Um, narnia movies made in the 80s
2: yeah but that was from like bbc oh was it yeah BBC.
0: really i think just the harry Mm. harry potter is different because it's it's you know it's what it is it's it's you know we've never seen anything like it before that's the other problem too i mean with a with a fandom this popular with the series is popular i just can't see it being remade. i don't know Maybe. No, it won't.
2: Be. I'm sure it will be remade, but just not now. Yeah,
3: I mean, they could make tons of money off a of remake. Of course. <laughs> like, seriously. Course. um But what I'm curious about is I don't remember when we ever explicitly said Warner Brothers was doing this for the fans.
0: We didn't. Well, we sort of did so- because David Barron said that's what the fans want. The fans want a movie and i think well,
3: i mean it's it's a win-win the fans want it and they're gonna make more money off of it so i don't really see what the debate is
0: true
2: and it's kind of i I don't think it's naive for us to think that the makers of the film don't care if the fans like it or not i
0: completely disagree with that sir dan 15 of michigan and i'll debate you on that that that's disgusting i mean because the people who work on this crew are dedicated to the films and I don't think Dan has ever seen a video interview with these guys. They're passionate no. well, about it. He's they only care. 15, Andrew. I know. No, no, no. We have to be not. We're not trying to be mean. I'm, we're just playing around.
3: The next Mongol male comes from Kara, 17 of Georgia. She writes, the meaning of the last enemy to be destroyed is death, which comes from 1 Corinthians 15:26, can be found in Revelation 2014. The death in Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. When the new heaven and earth are created, there won't be any more death. And when anyone whose name is written in the book of life will forever be with God in the new heaven and earth. The book of life contains the names of everyone who has put their trust in Jesus to forgive their sins and anyone who was too young when they died to understand that. Frankly, I thought it was strange you could talk as extensively as you did about the quote on the tombstone and never that I heard mention this verse in Revelation. Well... I'm not going to lie. I'm not well studied on the Bible. <clears throat> I know some basic, I mean, and I do know things about it. I mean, I am in, in, a, in a paradise study class right now. I'm not completely ignorant. But when I saw the quote in the book, I something clicked in my mind and I realized it was biblical. And I just went and looked it up in the context in which it was presented. Um, so I didn't think to go look anywhere else within it. And I'm sorry about that.
0: You're so sweet. Uh
3: Thanks. I'm assuming that Kara is well-studied in this subject, if she was writing in with it. Um, But this can certainly be interpreted differently. Well, dang, how many
2: deaths are there? (laughs) Well, Matt. (laughs) The Lake of Fire. I mean, were there stages, like... Like in those cartoons, when they fall down the building and they just keep hitting those little shutters one by one by one by one.
1: Well, like Dante's Inferno, right? Yeah, like Dante, sure. Dante's Inferno has a bunch of uh, different levels of Hades and
3: stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's definitely an interpretation of, I'm pretty... uh, of what that could mean. But I, I don't know. I'm not sure that... I mean she Joe definitely used a biblical quote. We know that she's a religious person, but I'm not sure that she was using it so literally.
2: Hades was in the in the Bible? I didn't know that.
3: Well, it was I'll explain later. Oh, okay. Um it
2: was so <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: what the hell? What was I going to say? But I don't think that Joe was literally trying to say that Lily and James um Weren't in the lake of fire, or I don't know.
2: Yeah, were they really think. religious? Either.
3: Yeah, I mean, we don't even know that. So I agree that I think I think it was meant to be more in a literary yeah. context. Yeah.
1: Aaron, 15, from Washington says, Hey, Cast, I was listening to a past episode where you played Make the Music Connection, and Andrew was talking about how he wasn't sure what Billy Joel's Only the Good Die Young was about. The song is about a Catholic girl who spends her life doing exactly what she's told. The narrator of the song is trying to convince her to have some fun, because living a dull, unfulfilling life is just as bad as dying. Also, I found a really good place for yesterday. I was thinking that could go in the last bit of Order of the Phoenix, right after Dumbledore tells Harry that contents of the
0: prophecy ah that'd be good yeah Mm. Uh, we'll be playing more make the connections later today in the show really excited about that it's uh, a lot of people have been emailing in ideas and such so thanks everyone She's yeah been doing that
1: i'm interested to see what you uh come up with this time andrew
0: oh yeah, yeah me too I... any more hannah montana no no Hannah Montana. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving that for the live show for some show uh, for some music during this show um, that was
1: a big hit
0: what yeah everyone it was
1: on, everyone in the forums is all about it they're saying andrew likes hannah montana oh
0: yeah <laughs> It's like when I blew everyone away in England during the live show when I started playing Spice Girls on my iPhone.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember that.
3: Oh, man. I've seen some interesting things on the forums lately. Have you guys been browsing? No, I
0: haven't. But for more, visit Uh, uh, MuggleCastFan.net slash forums.
3: Please don't write fan fiction. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just... I just won't read it.
1: You're breaking my heart.
3: <laughs> is
2: it uh, is it really even fan fiction though? It's, it sounds like more like shipping than it is fan fiction.
3: Yeah, it's it's all shipping basically. They they sit there and uh, come up with random ships of all the hosts, yeah. and then they write stories about it. highlight. Uh, like it's it.
2: complete ships.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Good Although I do have to say, I I appreciated the one that had me um, getting Johnny Depp inebriated and then taking advantage of him. What?
2: I didn't yeah. read that one. Yeah. Well, it, it, it seems to be there's this popular catchphrase that's going around. How it, I guess it was there's a Lucky Charms thing with Jamie or magically something. Magically
3: delicious. Yeah.
2: Yes. Magically, magically delicious.
3: Magically delicious. Yeah.
0: That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have some fun seg- segments planned for today, but first we're going to get right into chapter by chapter. We're covering two more chapters this week. Yes, we are. This week we are going to touch on chapters 18 and 19, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore, and also The Silver Doe, a deer, a female deer. Female
2: deer. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Andrew. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Silver doe. What is going on this week?
0: <laughs> okay, so um, chapter 18, Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. Who's Alice Dumbledore? Albus, I said. Oh. Albus Dumbledore. Uh, in this chapter, quick short summary, uh, they get, uh, Harry and Hermione get their hands on a copy of The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. Uh, they learn about the man in the picture was Gellert Grindel- Grindelwald. And Rita Skeeter reported in the book um, that uh, gellerts is that how you pronounce his name? I hope yeah, so. Yeah, that's,
3: that's how I've been saying uh, well, it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's German, so it might be somewhat get different. It.
0: But... Was very close to Albus Dumbledore for a time when they were young. And so we'll get right into it this week. Harry is very emo in the start of this chapter because of his want. And what well, was such a shame, and I was feeling for Harry because in the beginning, he, he makes the realization that that wand was what saved him from Voldemort because they both had the same cores.
3: So after Harry stops being emo about his wand breaking, um, Hermione comes over and she has a copy of the life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore it has a note inside of it from Rita Skeeter. And it says, dear Batty to Bathilda. Thanks for the help. Here's a copy of the book. Hope you like it. You said everything, even if you don't remember it, Rita. And I read that and I'm just like, you are a big bitch. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> Laura.
0: What do you think Rita did to her?
3: Oh, I'm sure she put some kind of memory charm on her.
1: Well, she admits yeah. that she used Veritaserum, right?
0: Ooh. Did she? Was that yeah. later in the book? Mm. I, I, I vaguely remember that. remember
1: that. No, I'm almost positive, yeah. I'm pretty sure it says I'm kind
0: of with Elisa on this. I, I, I
2: do kind of vaguely remember something like that. Oh,
1: no, wait. Actually, yes, she does. It's in the, uh, in the article itself. She says through the use of Verita serum or something and tried and Reporting stuff, Godly knows
0: what I'm
2: looking for right now. Well, well, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll we'll just say um, Rita's here for now. We'll just say I'm right. You know, yeah, we'll of course, yeah. Yeah.
0: Why not? You get <laughs> yeah. you get one anyway. But yeah, I, I was I was happy that we had one last chance to get angry at Rita Skeeter <laughs> before the series ended. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I found it. Okay. Oh.
1: Okay. Sorry. Page 355. Um, in the American version, hardback, it says. Uh, On one subject, however, Bethilda was well worth the effort I put into procuring Veritaserum, for she, and she alone, knows the full story of the best-kept secret of Abbas Dumbledore's life. So, yeah, that was definitely at least part of how she uh, got her answers.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's mean. Thank you for clearing that up, (laughs) Elisa. No
1: problem.
0: Um, Then we also found out that Bethilda had an interest in trans-species transfiguration, which was kind of ironic seeing as she... Transformed into a snake.
2: Yeah. So, so is that like crossbreeding, but for magic? Hmm? <laughs> what What's tra- trans species transfiguration? W- what does that mean?
1: I would assume that means that you're taking uh, an animal and transfiguring it into a different species of like. Or
2: snake. combining two yeah. species or something. Well, because
0: we're species, so technically we're transfer turning into a different species. So.
2: Oh. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, Sure. Well, we find out that um, actually uh, Old Bathilda, or as I like to call her, Old Bat, or Old Batty, uh, her great-nephew turns out to be um, the infamous Grindelwald.
0: Who cares, though, honestly? (laughs) Uh,
2: He was Uh, a bad guy. Well, go
1: for it, Andrew. Say what you really think. Who cares? Not me.
2: (laughs) Well, we also find out that um, Grindelwald and um, Dumbledore did have um, a budding relationship.
0: Yeah, see, now this is what I wanted to talk about. Oh, see, oh, I wanted God. to talk about this too.
2: Oh, boy. Is Let's th- talk it, about it together.
0: Is, is this what J.K. Rowling... It, was this J.K. Rowling's one and only like sort of hint, one and only clue, even though it's not even really a clue that Dumbledore was gay? Are you still on that gay thing with Dumbledore? Yeah.
3: I don't think she was trying to leave hints in the books that he was gay. I don't think it matters. I don't think she,
0: I don't think so either, but I just find it interesting when you read back on it now that it it's it's a little more interesting. I don't know. Well, I didn't, he had no, a I best friend, you, Andrew. Thank you. He had a best friend who was the same sex as him.
2: So does Harry.
1: No, but it does seem it does seem interesting though. I think that I mean the fact that he waited. I think it said five years before he actually felt like facing him. Dumbledore facing Grindelwald. Like I think that. Why would he want to wait so long if it was just a really brief friendship? If it was just you know two months? Hey, how are you doing? We're great friends, and now something terrible happens, and you know we never speak again. I think it was probably something really awkward and romantic there, in order for Dumbledore to be avoiding that so terribly.
2: I can I can probably get that. Yeah. 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 What I love about the um the whole Dumbledore and Grindelwald friendship is it's parallel to a bunch of the um the hero/villains in uh like the comic books such as like from super uh, from the story of Superman um Lex Luthor and Superman Clark Kent used to be best friends when they were children or when they were in school yeah, and then that's true. Th- they turn out to be um you know um mortal
0: enemies. I think Good parallel. Why, why is that? I mean, <gasps> they it, never meet. It, <laughs> is it just the classic superhero irony? Like they always start as friends, but then turn out to be worst enemies because there's always that one little thing they always competed for, and then the the enemy in the end was always the well, one I, who didn't win. I
2: think it's also um, kind of, I, I guess it all exemplifies the fact that they're more like equals. And the, the, they they possibly know enough about each other to find their weaknesses. Yeah. Um.
3: But Matt, kind of going off what you're saying, what's interesting about the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald that's kind of different than some of the um, parallels you just mentioned is that they both originally had the same view. And it wasn't a good one. No. <laughs> it was that whole idea that wizards should rule over muggles for the greater good.
2: Okay, I have something to say off that too, Laura. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, you finished? I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah,
3: you. I was just kind of—I was just kind of bringing up that point that Dumbledore wasn't originally good.
2: Well, um, this also goes to another comic book of X-Men with Magneto and Professor Xavier. They both want uh, mutant rights, but they go about it different and <laughs> differently. So. But but do you know what I mean?
3: Right, right, rights are different.
2: But I'm saying they both had the sense. same views. Yeah. They, they both wanted the same goals. They just went, went about it differently. And I think that Dumbledore and Grindelwald share the same passion. It's just I think that um, Grindelwald had more of a like like a Slytherin attribute where he would do anything just to boost himself. And I think that Dumbledore, as he got older, he started to realize that he you know it's it's not really all about him and he has more compassion than he thought he has like the the compassion to love
3: yeah and i mean i also think that dumbledore came to his senses and realized that uh the whole philosophy they'd been holding when they were younger was wrong
2: possibly he was probably just trying to do it to be to show off to grindelwald or something
1: this is this is going to be a real stretch um and i don't know if this will make any sense to you guys but i was thinking that maybe um, part of the reason that Dumbledore went along with this—I mean, maybe he sort of had these ideas, and he was experimenting with you know ideology and where he stood on certain issues—and then uh, Grindelwald came along, and he was sort of the force that pushed him over the edge. Like he was influenced; he just sort of succumbed to peer pressure, mm-hmm. and that was just—and that was—and so then once you know Grindelwald was out of his life, he sort of reverted back to questioning things a bit more. Well, yeah, he probably—you're right oh, to
3: say that. Sorry. Yeah. Um I think I think you're right to say that because not to jump too far ahead. Um but in the King's Cross chapter, um, when Harry's sort of in that world of limbo between life and death, doesn't Dumbledore say something about being infatuated with Grindelwald? Yes, he
2: does. Yes, he does, actually.
1: Hmm, which, which again, this would play to the to Andrew's, you know, original idea that maybe there was something more going on there, that that was the hint that you know J.K. Rowling had always alluded to, and it would also explain why. You know, someone as strong-willed as Albus Dumbledore would succumb to peer pressure. Of course, mm-hmm. you know the average person will succumb much easier if you have a crush or are in love with someone. Or as an Dumbledore infatu- puts it, an infatuation. Exactly. Absolutely. I think it's
2: definitely more of an infatuation than anything. I right, think he I was. Agree. I think he just like. I'm sure that Grindelwald was pretty persuasive, and he pretty he pretty much made his his beliefs pretty. Um, uh, what's the word I'm I'm trying to think of? make it um, very clear
1: because he had Uh. strong convictions
2: yeah and and he made it sound so great and and so reachable and yeah i I bet he i bet he could have said like we can do it together and you know we can be like the best team
1: right well that makes total sense because think about it i mean he has aberforth at him, who he was and yeah, even if he got along with him, they weren't the best of friends. Or according to the reports, of course, in this a Skeeter article. But then I think it says also that his best friend at school was uh, Dodge, right? Yeah. And yes. yeah, yeah, And the book describes Dodge as being really dimwitted and slow and whatnot. So maybe you know, meeting Grindelwald was sort of meeting his match, and that's why he became infatuated.
0: he yeah. surrounded
1: by he'd been surrounded by these lesser intellectuals his entire life, and so when he finally met his match, he was just like. Whoa.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know, whenever you find something that you really, um, you really connect with, sometimes it becomes addicting, and you become infatuated with it. Which is probably what he did with Grindelwald.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He probably took it too far, and he 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 let his guard down to Grindelwald.
0: Yeah, completely I
1: agree. I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you do you now? Do you think this is why we also find out that Dumbledore didn't uh, intervene with Grindelwald's? Uh, you know the mayhem he started causing for five years. Why do you think he waited? Do you think it was because of that infatuation? I think, think that he
2: felt. Um, I, I think this was like uh, a transformation point for him when he was looking at all the th- all the things that Grindelwald was doing, and he was probably searching his soul, th- seeing if he's the kind of person that can do that. Kind of like with Harry and the Unforgivable Curses. Yeah, like he he knows that Harry knows that he can't produce those kind of sp- um ch- uh spells. And I think Dumbledore um, s- found who, what kind of person he really was and he wasn't the person that uh, that he kept uh, portraying himself to Grindelwald for.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. So, we know that Ariana was attacked by a group of muggles and that essentially afterward, at least the impression that I got from it, was she pretty much kind of crawled back into her shell and never was able to practice magic again.
2: Yeah. Well, if she wasn't allowed to practice magic... I mean, she was being attacked by muggles. And isn't it a rule that underage wizards can defend themselves with magic when they're being attacked?
3: But I don't think she was um, of age to have attended Hogwarts. I don't think she's learned anything.
2: Oh, she's only six. Okay. That's what I was wondering.
3: But, uh, you know, I'm almost wondering what exactly happened to her. Because just the vagueness with which it's described... Almost sounds like a sexual assault to me. I agree. Like, and just the idea, like that afterwards, she she didn't do magic anymore. She was no longer magical. Like, it it just seems like that they came and robbed her of that somehow.
2: It does make sense. And the the
3: the first thing that comes to my mind is that she was sexually assaulted. It does. It does
2: definitely make sense because she does have this kind of attributes that happens to a victim of a sexual assault.
3: Yeah, because afterwards she, you know. Isolates herself. I mean, also her family wants to protect her. You know, her mom keeps her inside all the time after that. But then what's, you know, interesting is that later in the passage from Rita Skeeter's book, she basically tries to imply that um, that Dumbledore killed his sister because maybe she stumbled onto something she shouldn't have seen. And she even says, is it possible that Ariana Dumbledore was the first person to die for the greater good? And it's, you know, that's just another one of those moments where you read it and having known Dumbledore through six books, the idea that anyone would even suggest that he would kill his sister just infuriates
1: you. No, I sort of, I I, I thought maybe that like Grindelwald had done it, whether inadvertently or otherwise, and that maybe that was the reason that they never spoke again. And maybe.
3: Oh, no, I, I agree with you. But um, what Rita Skeeter is trying to imply in her book is that 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 Ariana died for Dumbledore's cause, that he was somehow responsible for it, and that just irks me.
2: Well, whatever happened, well, whatever happened to Ariana's death, had to make Dumbledore feel at guilt. So it it, ha- it can't just have been that one incident. Because, or what or or, or unless, do you think Dumbledore blames himself for not being there when she was attacked?
3: No, 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 What happened was, um, he, what was it? He, Grindelwald, and I think it was Aberforth all got into a fight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then Ariana stumbled into the middle of it. So one of them killed her, but they're not 100% sure who. But what I was just talking about was that Rita Skeeter speculated that, and basically tried to imply that Dumbledore purposely killed his sister, which is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Okay, I remember that now. But sorry.
0: that's naturally what Rita should do. I mean, it's not like we should be too surprised by that, but I mean, I what no. were you trying to make a certain point with that? Just
3: No, no, just, I was just saying that it was Ursa. Yeah.
0: Oh, that Rita. That's about it for that chapter. They just find yeah. out about their family.
1: Well, I kind of wanted to touch on... I remember, Okay, I remember when I was uh, first reading this book, I actually had Jess, I'm sure you guys remember Jess, uh, with me at Chickahominy, and we were reading this, and she finished this chapter, and she was like, I'm vindicated. Like, this is what I've been saying all along. You, everyone who's listening knows about Jess and her anti-Dumbledore theories and whatnot.
0: Well, just for so new listeners, kind of- uh, she, she was on an episode way, way back, and she was... Uh, she just kept proclaiming about how much she hated <laughs> Dumbledore. But go on, go ahead.
1: So anyway, I was I was just wa- I just wanted to comment on on that because I think it's not just her. A lot of people, you know, sort of became disenchanted with Dumbledore, and I think this is a chapter that really drilled that in, or at least originally. But Hermione says on page three sixty one, um, "Harry, I'm sorry, but I think the real reason you're so angry is that Dumbledore never told you any of this himself." And I really think that's right. I mean, speaking of, you know, angry, emo Harry. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, of course, I can't blame Harry for feeling betrayed or deceived or anything. Um, I mean, it was a shock to me to read Dumbledore's note to Granolot, and I think it's perfectly fair for anyone who read this to have felt disenchanted with Dumbledore. But there's little doubt in my mind that he lost a lot of wisdom points, so to speak, in this chapter, because we saw how terribly overwhelming um Harry's situation was and how Dumbledore really added to that. But after the initial upset, you sort of have to concede many points to Hermione. Um, Like She sort of goes into the spiel about actions speak louder than words, and Dumbledore's actions have always aligned with his admirer's perception of him. And as she points out, he more than redeems himself later in life by voting for muggle rights as part of the wizen gamut, and fighting to bring down Voldemort from the start, and a whole host of other things. And I mean, I think it's clear that he had a lapse in judgment he was very young and everything but I think that that only makes him more realistic I mean my argument ultimately in terms of the anti-Dumbledore sentiment is just that, if anything, learning all this about Dumbledore made him more human as opposed to merely a character. Yep, exactly. And if Mm -hmm. he's human, if he's human and well and truly human, flaws and temporary senselessness included, it makes all of his accomplishments, his ideology, and his principal behavior a hundred times more admirable and worthy of respect. So essentially... I mean I think that it, I think it probably added to Dumbledore's character and reasons to like him because it made him feel more personable we could relate to him more.
2: Yeah. And especially
1: uh-huh. especially people sometimes people have to fall from grace in order to learn the critical lessons and gain the sort of wisdom that Dumbledore had and I mean he was no exception so I don't know it made me like him more honestly.
0: Yeah.
3: I Yeah, I agree with you completely. Absolutely. I have nothing to add. That's, well yeah. yeah, I
0: just want to say that it it felt really good to not only just hear about dumbledore's early life but just to know that he was n- normal like you said i mean it was just it was just really i don't want to say vindicating but it was really nice <laughs>
2: yeah I and god, for yeah. any point in the series it's pr- th- this was the best book to show this part of dumbledore for for we always relied on dumbledore being the the sort of god sent mentor right, of harry right exactly
0: a saint Yes. And kids kids so no. kids don't think straight when they're our age. Except for us, I mean we produce the most popular Harry Potter podcast online. We must be geniuses, but Genius <laughs> Glo- <laughs> Gloat Much?
1: You know what? I just totally thought of something else. And this is gonna be this is gonna be really, really dorky, but I remember in uh Order of the Phoenix movie. Do you guys remember when Sirius says something to Harry about "there's light and dark in all of us, and it's what you do with it, or something that matters"? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know. This just made me think of that, even though it's totally not canon. But... Yeah,
2: not everyone's light and dark, <laughs> or good and evil.
1: Well, and maybe I think I mean, in terms of, I mean, stepping outside of the character analysis for a second, I think it brings a greater appreciation for the series in general because. I think so much of a problem with a lot of novels is that they'll show, like, absolute evil versus absolute good. And so it's easy to choose, you know, a side, and it's easy to see what's right and what's wrong. But I think that in reality, it's so much more convoluted and complex than that, and that this whole thing with Dumbledore just, you know, again, made it so much more realistic. And- yeah,
3: I agree.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you guys know Our Dumbledore own- was 116 years old?
3: Yeah, yeah he was I didn't old. realize
0: he was that old. He's
3: older than God. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to chapter 19 now, the silver doe. This is where Ron comes back. And it's really... Oh, that's Harry. That, Harry.
2: that was great, Andrew. <laughs> well, you know, we're going Harry short. Harry gets naked. It, Ron
0: comes back. This, this chapter, I, I don't know what to think because Ron comes back and I still don't fully understand it. Like, I don't fully understand his intentions on coming back. And even Hermione was a little... Uh, well, she beat the
2: crap out of him. Uh, well, she? exactly,
0: until she was satisfied with his answer. But um, it starts off with Harry up late one night, I guess, watching the camp site, and Harry spots a silver doe, and Harry is intrigued by it and follows it to um, the little pond that's frozen over, and at the bottom is the Sword of Gryffindor.
3: I know, I know one thing that a lot of people are really excited for is this scene in the movie because... Um harry strips down and dives into the ice cold oh water. yeah and i said this oh by, my gosh. my joke during
0: oh my joke during, <laughs> <laughs> my joke during prophecy was that um joe went to see equis while she was writing book seven and she decided she said damn dan so she wrote in a little half naked scene <laughs>
3: That reminds me of this um, this funny thing that Dan was talking about one time in an interview, I guess, where it was during Equus, and it was one night when he knew that Joe was there, yeah. and he was on the stage, like, naked at the time, and someone threw a stuffed animal owl up on the stage, and he said the first thought that went through his head was, oh, my God, it's not her. She wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Well, I mean, what, what about the fact that Harry follows the silver Doe?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was um, the brightest idea. I, well, what, what where no. were you? What were your guys' reaction when you were reading this for the first time? Because mine was like, "Okay."
3: Mine was like, "What the hell are yeah, you this doing?" Is a Terrible
0: idea. Why? But I guess I, there's it, just there's something intriguing about seeing a Patronus just standing there in the woods. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's and at that point they were so desperate for something new that. Yeah. Well, I have a question about the Patronus thing. I mean, how far can a
2: Patronus go? Apparently, I, think,
1: I thought I think Snape was there, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I thought he was there.
1: Yeah, because I think there was some part where there was these two trees that were growing together, or something, and there was a very small crack between them. And Harry said it was like the perfect spot for someone to hide. And Ron had said that he thought someone was moving behind it, but mm. he didn't stop to look because he noticed that Harry wasn't coming up. So he well,
2: was- well, not 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 only that though, but also remember in the wedding when. Um, uh, Kingsley. Kingsley sent Kingsley. his Patronus to warn them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's
3: true. And the Order uses Patronuses to send messages all the time. Yeah,
2: like what Tonks did
0: in in book six. But maybe, but but maybe Snape wanted to be there. I mean, well, why didn't he put the sword there? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so that's why he was probably there. Well, why the hell
2: did he put it in the bottom of the the lake? Why couldn't he just put it in front
0: of the tent? Because it takes a true Gryffindor <laughs> to retrieve it. <laughs> no, Gosh. because he, he, he wanted he to see him stripped to... down. Yes, because J.K. Rowling went to see Equus in Lake Dan's body. I'm telling you, that's my theory. And we and wonder why anyway. she won't come on our show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's why. So Ron, Ron's the one who actually retrieves the sword because Harry Black's out underwater and then this is, we'll just skip right to when uh, the locket, Harry figures out that he has to open it up by saying, uh, open uh, in Parseltongue. Then Ron has to fight uh, the Horcrux because two bubbles come out, Harry and Ron, who are taunting Ron. And, you know, Ron has, has to show his true Gryffindor abilities here to just ignore them and um, stab the locket with the sword. What what did you guys think of this scene when Ron he's fighting these he's fighting some of these terrible things that frankly I think are true that um uh Harry and Hermione in these bubble forms were telling him that uh that he was a coward, that he was stupid, that he was the least favorite of the family.
2: This is what uh, yeah. Ron has been always thinking about. This is probably what the locket was doing was taking all his all of his fears or his um uh, the things that he keeps worrying about and just throwing it in his face. Because he's, he's always thought of himself as the least of the family. Yeah. I mean, mean, we
3: even see that in the mirror of Arised in the first book, when he sees himself holding the Quidditch trophy and that he's head boy mm -hmm. and all these things that he sees that his brothers get that he never got.
2: And he also sees, um, that he's not exactly, I mean, he thinks that he's not exactly the most, uh, uh dang it. Most competent person uh of the trio. He he sees that Hermione's the one who's smart, Harry's the chosen one, but he doesn't see where where he fits in.
0: At that point, Ron does destroy the locket, and then there's like this awkward moment where Harry had just seen everything. So it's like suddenly Harry has seen all of Ron's like worst fears, just that Harry and Hermione would get together and uh Hermione was too good for Ron as long as Harry was around. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this in the movie because I hope there's like some awkward tension between yeah. all of them.
3: Well, it's really awkward because um, Ron actually sees the fake Harry and Hermione kiss. Right. That too. And that just that that just drives him yeah. over the yeah. edge. It, he he freaks well,
2: out. Well, it's it's he it's, it's it is it really like it's not they're not heads. They're just two bubbles that rise up yeah. from it.
0: So, do you think in a way the horcrux was a- asking him to 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 kill it because all these things would just anger you and make you want to destroy it, wouldn't they? It's trying to br- it's trying to break him is what it's trying to do. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's using
2: every single thing that he that he feels bad about or feels, you know, that that he knows that disturbs him the most. Right.
0: Right. I agree right. that it gets to him, but at the same time, don't you think this could also have a negative effect for the Horcrux because crux, it could annoy him. I, okay, we, we know what his intentions were, but it could possibly annoy him so much that he he actually wants to destroy it more. Especially if Harry's watching, he wants to stop it, and the only way to do that is to destroy it. I don't think it's showing him
2: things that annoy him, though. I think it's showing things that upset him. Well, upset, but yeah.
0: uh, upset, annoy. I, I sort of meant it in the same way.
2: Well, I mean, everyone knows there's, there's certain kind of things that you think about and you just break down.
0: Yeah. I mean like before Book Seven came out, we were like, Okay, Harry Harry is gonna be the one to kill Voldemort because at this point Harry has so much riding on Voldemort's death and all the all these all this trouble that Voldemort Voldemort has put him through and killing his parents, no, Harry's just gonna knock him out so easily it's gonna be insane. I sort of think this is the same thing where so much is built up where it's easier for Ryan to just yeah. do it. Do it well, anger. it's but but if you think
2: about it for another person, like for Harry, if, if he sees like Ginny just being tortured or just calling out to Harry that that why did you leave me or you don't love me or something, do you think that he would get angry and stab it, or do you think he would just start to break down and
0: start crying? I think Harry would stab it. I think he would stab it too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I think the whole thing is that um, the the Horcrux, and we've talked about this before, how it can kind of tell when it's not safe. So I think in this state, it knew it was threatened and it was probably just resorting to the last thing it knew how to do. Yeah. Which was taunt him and try to break him down and make him too weak and make him just leave instead of hurting it.
2: Well, the locket probably also um, felt that uh, Ron was the weakest of the two because when it was opened, Harry was also there, but it didn't do anything to Harry. It just went straight to Ron. And I think it knows that Ron is the most um, emotional of the two and the mo- most susceptible to it. So that's probably why mm-hmm. it shows him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's all pretty interesting. Okay. So what do you want to talk about next? Ron and Harry go back to the tent and Hermione hang- has a little fit. What do you guys think about this fit? Was it deserved? I thought
3: uh, I would have reacted the same way. If you were in love with I Ron? I would have been, yes, I would have been, I would have been pissed. Wouldn't you, Elisa?
1: Absolutely. In fact, I was I was glad that, you know, she got really pissed off at him because Harry, I mean, <clears throat> I understand why Harry reacted the way he did. I mean, I think both of their reactions were appropriate. But at that point in time, I was so upset with Ron myself. I was living vicariously through Hermione like, yes, give Hermione, get him.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, for what he did, he, he he doesn't deserve to go unpunished. Whether or not he he had the right to do it or not. Yeah.
3: Well, and also just the idea that he took off when it's so dangerous right now and them not knowing where he was because Harry, you know, kept hoping that he might pop up at Hogwarts on the Marauders map and he never did. And so it was just this long period of not knowing whether Ron was dead or alive or if he'd made it home or if he was still wandering around the countryside. I would have been worried out of my mind. And then the second he showed back up, I would have beat
0: the crap out of him. That's the scene
2: that I want to see in the film.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to see Emma fun.
2: Watson beat the crap out of Rupert But it's Grin. more
0: of the same. It's more <laughs> of angry Emma Watson, the classic angry, panicked, scared Emma Watson. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but with the drop kick yeah. and, you know, a little... <laughs> <laughs> Kung fu. What
3: I think they'll probably use that to make, like, I don't know. I-, I feel like with these movies, they always try to take something to make the... The mood a little lighter, yeah. And I feel like they'll make this somewhat comical in the film, which is kind of upsetting to me because, really, when I read it, I identified with that just idea of being so afraid and then so angry about what he had done that it's not even funny. But I just have a feeling that. But how could you not laugh? Try make some
0: laughs. Yeah, whether or not
2: it's it's intended to laugh or not, the audience is going to laugh at that scene. I mean, I laughed when I read it too. Well,
1: even Hermione laughed at the end.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but it wasn't like I don't know. It was more like a sinister, somewhat. I don't. I, don't th- know. Th- I, I think I, it was I, more I like
2: like a punishment, like to her husband or something. Like, like yeah. She, wh- whether she slaps him really hard in the face, or you, we just follow Dan through the tent, and then all we hear is this muffling sound, and then he turns around, and you know, Rupert grins in a fetal position while Emma Watson's kicking <laughs> him in the stomach. It's. That, I don't
3: think they're going to go that far.
2: I know, but I mean, it's it. With these kind of situations, in this kind of a scene, that's usually going to bring the, the audience to laugh because it it, yeah, it kind of breaks you. the ice. But yeah, it's 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 definitely yeah, going to be a yeah, lighter I, tone. I,
3: I, I think that they're definitely going to take that scene and make it, just shoot it more comically. Well, it's going to be kind of like like, like, like Ron, Ron yeah. will come into the tent and all you'll see is Hermione's fist come in and just smack him yeah. in the face. And then they'll play the lighthearted music and it, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> no, I
1: agree. I, I feel like, yeah. I don't it's like so much of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um... I don't. And then rounding out the chapter, Ron her- explains to Hermione that uh, he was taken away by Snatchers immediately. He was planning on coming back until he was taken up by Snatchers. We find out are kidnap, well, they kidnap Muggleborns and Blood traders to claim a reward for the Ministry. Then Ron only, of course, barely managed to escape by some stroke of luck, and um, you know, eventually he 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 came back. So. I don't know. Is this another uh, Nazi parallel? I don't know.
3: Oh, I, th- I think it's easily I think so. a Nazi parallel. I mean, it's not 100% the same, but there's still that general idea of people having to go into hiding because of their heritage.
2: Yeah. Well, they're bounty hunters. Essentially. That's pretty much like what dog? they are. Yeah. I am the dig, <laughs> The big bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's the best episode
3: ever, ever, ever. He's like, "This is Beth. She's my bitch. Beth
2: is my bitch. I got a whole what team." What is there. that? What episode? What is that? It's South yeah, Park. Oh, it's so good. You gotta, you gotta, hell pass, bra. <laughs> you need to go over to Christ, bra. Christ is Lord. <laughs> Andrew, you have to watch that 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 show.
0: Okay, link me. So that's about it for this this chapter nothing else really happens we just did want to mention the snatchers and uh turns out ron gives harry a spare wand that he stole from the snatchers but i don't know elisa do you think it was very comforting to harry having that wand i mean it it wasn't the one that it wasn't a wand that would do him as much good as the one he had right i
1: thought it was a little convenient that you know take ron out of the plot momentarily and then he shows up next with a brand new wand um but
2: Brother harry was grateful for it
0: so. conveniently good timing mm-hmm. yeah well, it don't do you guys think
2: it was a little too convenient almost like
0: yeah i wish there like was almost sort almost of impossible. a cooler
2: plot to like
0: but i but then you gotta remember the book's pretty long as it is just adding another thing for him to get a new wand it would have been too much yeah because That's i mean
2: true. there's no way that ron knew that harry broke his wand he didn't know so he just says he knew no he did yeah he did not know i
0: i i'm oh, yeah, confirming oh, yeah. what
2: you said. sorry yeah so so he just so he just saw the 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 wand just laying there going oh spare wand
0: yeah
2: i mean it's like a quarter being on the floor you just pick it up and just pocket it for a rainy day or something exactly
0: as long as it's <laughs> uh heads side up i think Ooh, the other point just
1: the, oh, the other can't. point to mentioned about Ron, maybe, is just that he does say that he wanted to come back immediately, like the second after he disappeared. and I think that's important because when I read that, uh, my anger sort of dissipated a little bit because I did remember that most of, I mean, his reaction was mostly based off of the fact that the Horcrux affected him much worse than anyone else, and so it was, yeah. I mean, it was definitely his emotions and his feelings, but they were just magnified to, you know, the nth degree by the Horcrux crux that you have to keep that in mind. And I mean, he did say he tried to come back immediately, but Hermione just so good with those uh, protective enchantments.
0: Absolutely. It's time for cool Quiz. Cold quiz! Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, Matt, don't, don't jump ahead of yourself now. Um, today, as I do every day, I sat down and worked on the show and its future. And today I made some new um, audio segments to kick off some of our more popular segments here on the show and uh from now on when we get to quote quiz i'm gonna say so it's time for Quo-Quiz! Quo-Quiz! yes 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 what do you guys think Cool, huh? That's very exciting. Yeah, that's- I like it a lot. You. Did you steal that off
2: the Bill Nye the Science Guy TV show? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one of those cheesy 80s um, after school specials for kids or something.
0: Ten well, ways to well, eat your we- vegetables. We- Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs>
2: oh my God. And you watched it too, didn't you? Bill Nye, you bet I did.
3: Hey, I watched be- Bill Nye. He's awesome. he a great guy. No we should have him
0: on the show sometime. <laughs> quote quiz this week Love Good's on your side, Harry. The Quibbler's been for you all along. It keeps telling everyone that they've got to help you. That's Quote quiz this week.
2: That was Hermione, wasn't it? Yes, it is. Not. Well, it can't be the Love Goods, Mr. Lovegood.
0: No. It could be another. Person, but I'm not going to spoil it because people are playing at home. Anyway, now it is time for. Make the m- 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 music connection. Huh?
3: Very nice. Like I it? like that one a lot. Yeah.
0: Let's hear it again. Make the m- 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 music connection. Make the music connection. Uh, we're going to start with Elisa this week.
1: Excellent. You
0: ready, girlfriend? I'm ready. Um,. This may make you a little sad, cause uh you had to bail out. But I don't know. We'll s- see. Wanna, wanna, wanna,
2: wanna, wanna, really, really, really
0: wanna I... be by the Spice Girls. No
1: oh <laughs> God!
0: Oh <laughs> like, my gosh! I got. What, Matt? What? No, no,
2: no, no. no, It's 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 you. Yeah, it's, it's all, all you. yours, really, It's
1: folks. me. Okay. Wanna be. I don't know. Hold on. I'm trying to listen to the words. Um. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, in Goblet of Fire, the uh, Bo Batons girls, when they enter, this is their theme music. <laughs> <laughs> okay I stole that from that just so you guys know
0: alright mm-hmm. I'll take that I guess <laughs> that's good
1: no I was actually gonna go with I was actually gonna go with like um <laughs> I was actually gonna go with uh, when Hermione and Ron finally kissed to be honest with you
0: you know I was thinking just that can... too if you wanna be when you laughed when after they said if you wanna be my lover you gotta get with my friends yeah so, yeah Yeah. Okay. Okay. Matt. You got a friend in me. Hmm. You've got a friend in me. Randy Newman. You've got a friend in in me. Make a connection. I think
2: just remember what you said. For you got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in
3: me. We're really good at these today.
2: You got a
1: friend in me. This is Lucia singing, singing to Voldemort. <laughs> 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 I got 'em too.
0: Matt. Matt. Oh crap! I
2: have. I was like screaming at you guys. Like, well, why aren't you listening to me? I had the. I was on mute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we were just sitting here like, okay, what's?
2: The sorry, <laughs> sorry, oh, oh my god, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I have it. It's when uh, Hermione and Harry were um were fighting Nagini in the house. Okay. Or, well, I had another one, but it was dirty.
1: I like that. I like hey, that. Hey, what's the big idea? Oh. Hey, yo, Mika. Woo.
2: Oh. I said, sucking too hard on your lollipop hair, hey, love's gonna get you down, girl. I said, sucking too hard on your lollipop hair, hey, love's gonna get you down. Oh. Sucking too hard
0: on your lollipop. Hey, your love's gonna get you down. Oh. Lollipop <laughs> by Mika. Um. um
3: What's he saying? Like
2: sucking too hard on your lollipop, love's gonna get you down. Oh,
3: this is oh, definitely definitely and yeah. That was what I was gonna say. Yeah. Dumbledore and Grindelwald.
2: Mhm. I kind of thought of um the dancing villas at the goblet of fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. At, at the Quidditch uh, world tour or match thing.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that was make the connection this week. Make the music connection. Did you have one for me, Matt? Yeah, wait, wait,
2: just, just give me a second. Let me look at something, because I have almost all your songs on here. Ready?
0: Yes. um geez time. oh well that's an easy one um this isn't in the book I mean this is well, I mean this is in between the final chapter and the epilogue um Ron and Hermione their first dance as a couple at their wedding
2: Beauty and the Beast Beauty and the Beast yeah <laughs> I would probably call Ron a beast. Oh. I was. I would probably. I would go more towards Crum and Hermione dancing or something. <laughs> or yeah. how about
0: um, how about Remus and Tonks' wedding? Because to oh. <gasps> he <of> transforms. <laughs> terrible. Oh, come on, <laughs> that probably fits. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yes. Or, or my God, just the story as a whole. A hundred years from now. Tale is oldest time. And I'll it tell you why connects, Matt I picked this song. I think it connects more to Twilight.
2: What? It connects more to Twilight. Yeah, yeah. You're right.
0: Well, Edward's the beauty and Bella's the beast. Is that what you were going <laughs> Bella's a about? beast. yes. Yeah. She, yeah.
3: she is a beast. I or hate I've been so
0: is. into this song lately, Beauty and the Beast, the title song. <laughs> Love it. He's been playing it a lot. Oh, it's beautiful. It, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Crying just thinking about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So someone sent in this email this week, and I sort of thought we could start doing this sort of as a as a new segment because it's a challenge to us from the listeners um and i did make an intro for it, it goes like this ah, hold up host so what we're gonna do oh my god <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> ah, hold up host i don't know just I don't know. It doesn't have to be the best thing. SQ. Chicken soup. It's it's all right. For your soul. Oh, no. I just spoiled the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Damn playlist. (laughs) So in this segment, a listener will email us a challenge, and we'll do it on the air. Now, we don't want it to be, like, like quizzing us on Harry Potter and stuff, because the last thing we would want to do is copy another podcast. However, if you have a challenge for us, like, this one, Jason 16 from Michigan presented to us, you know, we'd be happy to give it a try. Jason writes, so you think you can dance? He tries to be sarcastic in this email, but I don't exactly get it. He says, so you think you can dance? Well, that's too bad because dancing won't help you in this challenge. Hmm. Your challenge is repeat the phrase Potter or no, I already screwed it up. Repeat the phrase. Poor Potter popped his pinky on the porcupine five. Yes. Five times within 10 seconds. Do it on the air if you can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, be scared. It's fine. I don't blame you. It takes a real man to do it. Don't be ashamed. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. Oh, we will, Jason. We will.
2: It takes a real man, yet he watches So You Think You Can Dance on TV. Good
0: point. Good point. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Ow,
2: that one burned.
1: Yeah, who's going to try this first?
0: I'll try it first if nobody else wants to. All right. I'll go second, I guess. Okay. And right now I got my little timer on my recording thingy, so um, when I say... Or does someone else want to st- time me? Someone yeah, else time you. me. And then just All say right. stop once ten seconds are up.
3: Okay, ready? I'll tell you when.
0: Okay. Go. Poor Potter popped his pinky on the porcupine. 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 Poor Potter popped his pinky on the porcupine.
3: You did it at 17 seconds, actually. Uh
0: 17 seconds or seven? 17 that was 17 seconds?
3: No, you did it in seven seconds. Never mind. Okay. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't count. Take that, Leave Jason.
3: Leave alone.
0: <laughs> 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 all right. That was actually pretty easy. So, someone yeah. else want to try I it? Don't wa- I don't want to do it now because I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well,
1: I, mean, I us I, all I, up, Andrew. I, 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 I guess I'll try
2: Come it. on. I'm if bad it,
0: with it, words really all the time. It. If I can do it, anyone can.
3: Okay. Right. really well, okay.
0: Laura, you want Tell to? Yeah. All right. Ready, set, go.
3: Poor Potter, Poor Potter popped his pinky on the porcupine. 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 Poor Potter popped his pinky on the porcupine.
0: Boom! Nine seconds. Yay! Good job, Laura. That would be or, more, oh, it's,
3: more of a challenge. Oh, it's if, if, if he, if he, what, what do you think it said?
0: Pooped. <laughs>
3: That's what I thought when I saw it at first too. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything.
0: Ready,
2: set. Cow. Poor Potter popped his pinky on the porcupine, 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 poor Potter popped pinky on the
0: porcupine, Potter popped his the porcupine. Was that was five? like eight times? You did it like eight times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was good, though. You got it eight times in like eleven seconds or something, so that was good. <laughs> All right,
1: but, now I have to do it. Yes, you do. Wo- okay.
0: Ready, set. Yo. Poor
1: Power Popped his Pinky on the Porcupine. Poor 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 Power popped, popped his Pinky on the Porcupine.
0: Good. Nine seconds. Yay. All right, nice. Jason. Swings. That wasn't hard at all, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Give us a harder one, dance. Jason. Um All right, so if you have a challenge like that, send it on in to mugglecastsapp.muggleknut.com. Put hold up host in the hold up host challenge in the, in the the in the subject line. All right, and we're going to wrap things up today with uh one of the longer running segments here on our show chicken soup for your soul Uh, i feel like i want some philadelphia cream cheese (laughs) (laughs) yeah laura you want to take this email
3: sure it's the kelsey one right okay this runs this comes from kelsey 15 of california she writes, "Hey guys, I don't really have one of those sob stories that we typically hear in Chicken Soup for the Muggle Cast Soul, but rather a I almost died of boredom story. These last two weeks have been hell for me. Literally, I was in a show that just ended this past weekend, and every day for the past two weeks, I had to stay at school until nine o'clock or later for rehearsal. The levels of boredom were extremely high, being that I was only in two songs at the beginning and one at the end. So to pass time, I downloaded a few episodes to listen to every night to keep me occupied. It definitely helped. I even met a few new." friends because of you guys one girl came up to me and asked what i was listening to when i responded muggle cast she screamed oh my gosh i love muggle cast we then proceeded to spend the rest of the night playing harry potter hangman on the big whiteboard so i just want to say thanks for keeping me sane and keep up the good work love kelsey from california there you go yay
0: uniting harry potter muggle cast listeners together that's always cool when people write in yeah. Yeah.
3: It, the chances it's really are slim. You They're, yeah.
0: You're really slim, but we believe you. We believe you.
3: Well, I mean, I came to school and my neighbor was a listener. That's that true. threw me for a loop.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're lying about that. Even though I met her, I still think no, you're no, lying.
3: No, no, no. No, no. I'm really not. No. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, uh, this probably does wrap up our fine podcast program for uh, this March. Uh, let's just pretend this comes out on the 1st, this March 1st. Before we let you guys go, we want we want to remind everyone about our contact information. Laura, uh, someone wants to mail something into the P.O. Box, how do they do that?
3: You can always send gold to P.O. Box 3151, coming Georgia, 30028.
0: We also have a wonderful voicemail line, which we will probably get back to next week. If you want to call in a question, comment, or even a rebuttal, you can dial 1218 20 magic in the United States. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020 And if you're in Australia, you can dial 02 833 You can also Skype the username MuggleCast to leave your voicemail if you want to do it that way. We also have a handy feedback form on MuggleCast.com to contact any one of the hosts on our program. Except for Elisa, you're not on there yet, but a few more shows, and I guess we'll, we'll get you promoted on there. Yes. I'll, call, I'll, I'll talk to the higher-ups. i um, will get you a gift basket. That was funny. <laughs> you can also contact any one of us at our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Matt, I'm happy to report, is now matt at staff.mugglenet.com. Yay! Which has been actually been opened for a while. We just didn't know it until Matt complained for the 50 millionth time earlier this week. Well, come it. on. I'm not Mikey. You know you're Matthew B. I want
2: I want Mikey to be original with just instead of Matty B. Yeah, it'll just be Matt. I understand because th-
0: th- that's what I am.
2: I'm I'm Matt.
0: <laughs> okay, Mikey. <laughs> so you can contact him at Matt at staff.mugglenet.com, and Elisa can be contacted at elisa at fanfiction.mugglenet.com. You can also visit mugglecast.com for. Uh, uh, for our community outlets, including the MySpace, the Facebook, the YouTube, the Frapper, the Last FM, and our a- ever-growing forums, you can also dig the show at dig.com Vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley, and not rate and review us at Yahoo Podcast because they closed that part of their site down. Jerks! I'm baffled. We were like the we were the highest-rated podcast on on their on their Yahoo Podcast directory, and they they shut down. I don't get it. I guess their section wasn't too popular. I guess not. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Apologies to J.K. Rowling, but we are out of time. I'm Andrew Sims.
1: I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Matthew Britton. And I'm Elisa Monfort.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 135-er. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.